At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Welcome back to Love High. My name is Florence Bark, and this is the podcast where we explore everything when it comes to love, relationships, and also finding happiness within ourselves. In this episode, we're talking to my fabulous friend, Kitty Underhill. Hey my loves, I'm so excited that you have come back for another episode of Love High. This is such an exciting time for all of us. I'm just really excited that we're all on this journey together. And I'm really excited about this episode in particular because me and Kitty just, we had a really, really deep conversation, especially when it came to ending relationships, breakups, heartbreak, how you kind of navigate life after ending a long-term relationship. And I think this is something that a lot of people here will maybe be thinking about, maybe have done in the past, or maybe just need some help and some guidance healing from their own heartbreak or breakup. Because sometimes I think breakups and heartbreaks can be very different things, especially when you've been in a long-term relationship. But Kitty was in an 11-year relationship and she has just ended that. And this podcast is all about her journey since then. This girl hadn't ever used a dating app. She's then had to navigate as a 20-something girl in her late 20s using dating apps for the first time. Like, I can't even imagine. I used to be on all of the dating apps. But anyway, I won't delve too much into the rest of our conversation. I just wanted to remind you all of the Patreon that I started. It's a £1 monthly subscription to be part of the Love High community and that involves a Discord where we can all chat. I want to build the community so that we can all, all kind of be there for each other during all the trials and tribulations that we face in love and relationships. I know that when I was going through my heartbreak, it would have been so beneficial to have a community around us. And you know what? A lot of us are pretty isolated in the current situation in the world so having an online community can just be so groundbreaking which is why I thought the Patreon would be such an amazing way to have like a little bit of kind of tangible communication outside of listening to the podcast. So as well as being just a fabulous human being Kitty is also a body and self-acceptance coach which I thought was amazing as well to have someone like that be part of this podcast because I think not only are we exploring relationships with other people but we're also exploring the relationship with ourselves and we all know fundamentally that is the key to success in relationships. So let's get into this conversation. I started the recording kind of midway through us kind of catching up. So it might just jump straight into conversation, but I hope it still works. Let's go. that I was with the first time we met. I'm like completely different now because of this, not because of this breakup, it's also been three, oh my God, three years, but Oh yeah, because you were talking about like, I was talking about him. that relationship on Fox Given. Yeah, and then 
Yeah, I've had two people I've been like one of my fuck buddies was like, oh, I think because I follow Fuck's Given, I listened to your episode and I was like, oh, did you? <laughs> I know. That's, that's deep, dark. Oh, no, like, exactly. I know. Because I was like, well, so wow. it was all about my ex. And like, and like, there was a conversation we had where like, I was like, oh, yeah, and I did this hostage fantasy. And he was like, yeah, I know. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> you listen to the episode and then the guy I'm seeing at the moment he was like so sweet like he was like when we first started talking he was like um oh I knew you were cool because I saw that Florence and Reed from Fox Given follow you and I was like oh my god God. tell me more wow I I know so privileged literally yeah you 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 gave me (laughs) the cool factor yeah straight up cool factor because also what I thought (laughs) was amazing yeah you were very cool cool. I mean we're all cool you made me cool That's so cool. Like, okay. So I actually have started recording. Oh fuck! I feel like, <laughs> but I feel like we could just like jump into. Yeah. This oh, of course. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> and that will start into the podcast. Yeah. You are getting into coaching and stuff because that's so interesting. Yeah, for sure. So. Um, obviously I'm a model and I'm a body and self-acceptance advocate. And what I found is that there was a really big gap between the content that people were putting out on Instagram, for example, saying, oh, love yourself. And then not, you know, providing any tools or tips on how to do so. So I got into coaching in order to bridge that gap. So my niche is in body and self-acceptance. And, you know, one of the things that I find really interesting is that the way that you feel about your body will impact the way you feel about yourself and vice versa. I don't know if you found this, but if you feel really low, all of a sudden you're like picking yourself apart in the mirror. You're like, Mm -hmm. oh, I need to lose some weight. Or I need to, you know, and it's so natural and we don't think to kind of see the two as one. You know, mm-hmm. there's a thing that I learn in coaching, which is that the body and mind are one system. Yeah. And so they are a lot of the time kind of inextricably linked. Yeah. And so bringing them together in my coaching practice, I hope I can help lots of people kind of feel better about themselves. I love that. Their bodies, all yeah. that kind of stuff. It's amazing. So, I, like, I, And I fully see that as well, because I think I definitely went through a process after, like a weird process with my body after my breakup, mm. which was like being kind of okay, like binge eating so my body started changing and then like it was like oh god like accepting like the changes in my body and like being like oh I need to get back to the gym I need to exercise I need to do this why am I doing this like picking like oh my god like all the wounds that I was just stabbing myself with and then like kind of just getting it to the end of my trip in LA being like I put on weight so what? Yes, exactly. My ass is looking great. We like, love to see it. Like, <laughs> Squidgy, nice. Yes, delicious. And this is the thing. It's like we beat ourselves up for our bodies fluctuating when that is something that naturally happens. Our bodies are not meant to stay the same. Yeah. I'm not meant to look like how I looked when I was 18. Yeah. If, in fact, it would probably be mildly concerning if I did. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I don't know if this happened to you as well, but I found in my mid-20s, my body proportions just completely changed. Like all of a sudden I got hips. Yeah. I mean, I have very small boobs anyway, but then my boobs grew and I was like, wait yeah, a what? second. <laughs> just when I got used to my body looking a certain yeah. way, it shifted again. Yeah. And that brought up, you know, cause I have struggled with like body image issues, mm-hmm. like disordered eating, yeah. that kind of thing. And it brought up all this stuff yeah. that, as you said, like you're picking at wounds, creating wounds. Mm-hmm. All of that came back up again, yeah. which was so interesting. It really intertwines with relationship as well, because yeah. Our bodies, I mean, our bodies fluctuate with whatever's going on in our lives. Mm -hmm. And like, we do really like focus in on it, I think, specifically during relationships. I definitely found that like, I've, I've weirdly like ended up in relationships. Well, I like had a phase where I like dieted super hard and lost Mm. like two stone. And, um, and then I ended up in this relationship and then I felt like his love faded for me as my body then changed back into its more natural yeah. state of being, which is kind of depressing. Yeah, and it's so indicative of how the ways in which we decide what is desirable and what isn't and the ways that people are taught of yeah. what's desirable and what isn't. You know, like yeah. I remember speaking to you on Fox Given all those years ago when um, the first person I was ever involved with, mm. you know, he said, oh, I don't want to see you. You know, I don't want to be out in public with you until you're a size six, until you lose weight and all this kind of thing. Whoa. Uh, which was horrific. And But at the time, because of how I felt yeah. and also what he had been taught about what a desirable body was, yeah. 
it wasn't something I ever thought to question. Mm -hmm. And so we can sometimes enter into these relationships, not thinking about our bodies that much. And then you notice a shift in how somebody treats you or maybe during sex, they're not like holding you in the same way or something. And you suddenly go, is it my body? Is it me? Is it this? And then you start unpicking it. Yeah. And it can be really tricksy. And if someone like, if you're not getting the sex anymore if the relationship then ends up in a way where you're not you know you're not receiving the intimacy that you once got you're like it immediately goes to well am I not sexy anymore am I not hot and then we're like oh why am I not hot and then like pick pick, pick, and why is sexy thinness and why is not sexy when you gain weight you know that's a really messed up kind of dichotomy that we've constructed in society yeah yeah I mean that's deep but I would love to talk to you about your well we, we had a pre-conversation for the podcast <laughs> about kind of the things that you wanted to bring on. And sure. when you were on Fuck's Given, you were in this long-term relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Long-term to say the least. Uh, so by the time we broke up, we'd been together for 11 and a half years. 11 and a half years. Yeah. So, so how old were you when you got together? Uh, we were 16. Wow. Yeah. Which... Um, you know, you grow up together. Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, when you're that age, Mm. you don't think I'm going to spend my life with this person. But then it kind of, you know, I think in lockdown for a lot of people, including me and my ex, you know, it brought up a lot of stuff about, okay, so what do I actually want for the future? You know, because we got together so young, we kept doing what we were doing. Yeah. And I think there was a part of us that was like, well, we got together so young. So if we were on everybody's same time trajectory, mm. we should have moved in and had kids by now. Right. You know, like by the time we had been together for five years, we were 21, which the five year mark for a lot of couples is, oh, well, let's move in together. Let's get a dog. You know, yeah. whereas like we were still babies. Yeah. So like it wasn't until, yeah, um, the lockdown... I think I like to think of them in seasons. Uh, I think it was like season <laughs> two, lockdown season two, maybe. Yeah. Um, that we were having conversations and I was doing a lot of thinking like, okay, well, I know that I want to get married. I know that uh, kids are something I would like. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were due to move in together um, last summer. Right. So I kind of said, look, like, I just want to make sure that we're on the same page before we enter into this. Yeah. And he was like, I've been thinking about this a lot as well. And, you know, wait, it took you 11 years to have this conversation. This is the thing, because we were just like, let's just yeah. keep going. We were happy and living with our friends. There was a period yeah. of time where we were living long distance as well. So, I mean, I say long distance, it was London to Brighton. Oh, yeah. Um, so like, but we still weren't in the same city. So it just yeah. didn't happen we just didn't have the same kind of relationship trajectory that other people had and it was really hard to like find comparisons with other people yeah um so yeah it was pretty wild that it took this long to have that conversation um but then we both kind of realized oof, maybe we're not on that same kind of page so we took a couple of months out we went on a break we checked in every month we went mm. to therapy we did that whole thing and You know, as far as breakups go, it was deeply adult and like, amazing. you know, just discussing like, okay, what could we possibly do here? And, you know, we both kind of realized that we were just growing in completely different directions. Yeah. And, you know, you know, I wish him all the best. You know, I want nothing but the best for him, but we just weren't, it would be wild to think that we were the same people that we were when we were 16. Yeah. And now we're what, 28, 29. There's no way that we were going to be the same. What did it feel like going through a closure of such a significant time period of a relationship it was it feels like an entire life yeah you know yeah and it was really really like it's hard to describe what a seismic shift it was because it's not only that we grew up together but we were together for so long and he's the only person I'd slept with at that point you know all these he'd seen my parents get divorced he'd seen my you know childhood home be sold like all these huge life events he went through everything everything with yeah and I went so much of his stuff with him as well yeah so like I guess what was interesting is that when it did come to us deciding to break up and it was so mutual Mm. there wasn't a part of me that was like I kind of figured, oh, maybe we'll get back together along the line or whatever. But like in that moment when we decided, I was like, yeah, like this is the right decision. It wasn't this, no, please don't do it, baby. I can change. It was just how it had to be. What did it feel like to let go? Yeah, it was a real, yeah, it was a really interesting 
experience because with all the therapy and all the coaching training that I'd done, you think, oh yeah, I'm so prepared for a huge (laughs) life change. Absolutely not. It was weeks of, you know, like crying, just wanting to reach out because he was my best friend as well, you know, like. Of course, yeah. Um, so those little things like when you see like a stupid TikTok of like a cat meowing in a weird way and you're like oh oh, no can't send that to you (laughs) you know like and yeah it was it was really difficult to let go but letting go was one of the best things I ever did wow you know it's such a significant statement as well yeah um which you know it made me think about like it puts so many things into perspective that I never really thought about before. Like, you know, going into the wide world of dating for Uh the first time as a 28 year old woman, having never had a dating app before in my life, you know, like dating apps were invented in the period of time that we were together. Wow. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. That's mad. Yeah. How, how, I don't know if this is entirely that relevant, but like how long did it take you to sort of go from the closure of that relationship to, being open then to meeting new people so I guess it was interesting because because we had that break yeah and we weren't seeing each other we weren't you know we did check in once a month and everything um it felt like I was explaining this to my therapist recently and that like it was funny how there was like a four month head start almost on the breakup but then there was the actual breakup so I'd be like technically we've only been broken up for two to three months but actually it's been six to seven months like it was a really weird way to conceptualize it did you feel like in your relationship as well that you were slowly growing apart from each other so that made it easier then with the breakup I think it was like because we had that break it meant that we had to just think about ourselves on our own and then also the lockdowns as well like we didn't live together so it wasn't like we woke up to each other or anything being like oh what do we do like we lived in completely different places or we lived in north to south london which is basically narnia um (laughs) but you know it was i wouldn't say that it was like growing apart it was more just transforming yeah like evolving evolving yourself exactly it was like I felt like I'd gone from this like chrysalis period into like butterfly period. Yeah. Oh, I and I was kind of like, hey, come with me. And he was like, I'm not there yet. And it's like, well, then we, we've got to make a decision that is compassionate for the both yeah. of us and respects both of us as like yeah. people. I feel that so wholeheartedly with the whole like butterflying after a relationship and like what a breakup can actually be yeah and like if you see and feel the breakup to be this chance to develop and grow and learn and do all these things grab it because it's like it's the best thing that you will ever do for yourself yeah and absolutely actually weirdly i don't know if you can get there without having a breakup yeah because it's such a like I don't know if you're a tarot person at all. Oh, a little bit. Okay, so like I've been learning tarot (laughs) over the past year and one of the cards that I think about a lot is the tower, which is about like structures falling apart. But Uh everyone, when they get the the tower in a reading, they're like, oh shit, this is terrible. (laughs) Everything's going to be bad. But the thing is, is that sometimes things have to fall apart to grow again. Yeah. Like I think about that quote, um, sometimes you think you've been buried, but actually you've been planted. In that, like, you sometimes so you have to have a real shock to the system to uh-huh. go, oh my god, let's reevaluate. What do I need? What do I want? What are my values? Mm. What is what do I want my life to look like? How do I want to feel about myself? Yeah. And sometimes, if you're, you know, not that people mean to be distractions, but we can use our partners as distractions so that we don't sure. ask ourselves these questions. Yeah. So once you kind of thrust into like your own kind of spotlight and go, well let's transform let's do this it's it's a magnificent opportunity but it does come from a very sad place it does but it's almost like you need to feel that deep deep pain and deep grief to see how amazing life can be and how you can like really you you literally you like grow from the ashes you're a fucking straight up phoenix shit we love to see it (laughs) yes exactly okay so i feel like a lot of people listening potentially could be in a similar situation where they've been in a really long-term relationship and they're feeling that it's coming to an end do you have any tips for like people to do it in like you know a way that feels good and feels right although i guess everyone has their own journey yeah i think it's difficult, isn't it? Because everybody is so different. Yeah. But I think something that we don't get taught to do is be introspective. Yeah. And 
you know, so one of the things that I picked up that I found so beneficial is just doing loads of journaling. And it might be, you might read back on it. I have read back on my journal and gone, oh, honey, what is going on with you? But like, sometimes you just need to get all of that nonsense feelings just out onto paper. Yeah. Just because... I found the ruminating the hardest thing. Like, oh, what's he doing? Oh, oh has he sat with somebody else yet? Yeah. Oh, is he? Oh, my God. Maybe he hates me. Oh, my God. But we did everything. So, right. You know, like, you just end up spiraling. Yeah. And one of the biggest things that also helped, as well as journaling, is focusing on your own journey. Yeah. Because it's so easy to go, what's he doing? What's he thinking? Or what are they doing? What's going on with them? I'm not a part of their life anymore. But half the pain is telling yourself a story that you don't like. Yeah. You know, like, because we, we want to do that. Our brains fill in the gaps mm-hmm. and our brains can suck sometimes. So they tell us the worst possible story and that's when you feel really terrible. So the best thing you can do is focus on your own healing and focus on what you can do, how you can help yourself feel better. Yeah. You know, I know everyone goes like, oh, let's do yoga and go on walks or whatever. But like, maybe it is just like eating ice cream in front of Netflix. That's okay. Do whatever makes you feel good. Yeah. The best thing that my therapist ever said to me, like during these times was you have to feel the feelings. You really do. Because yeah. otherwise you're just hiding them there, not going anywhere. Exactly. The only way to get them out is to feel them. So yeah. if you feel like crying, cry. cry. Don't stop the tears. Like literally just get it all out. And yeah. like, each each like that with grief there's a there's waves like sometimes you're gonna feel actually okay and then suddenly you're not gonna feel okay again and like just ride the waves and hold on because you will like reach the shore at at the end exactly and i think that's so important because it could be really easy for us to want to squash all those feelings down because you might think, oh, but my flatmates have seen me crying like for four weeks straight. Mm-hmm. I don't want to put them through it anymore. Yeah. But the thing is, if you numb your feelings, you know, people, I mean, it's a different time now, but like, you know, people would like go out and get wrecked or yeah. start sleeping with people immediately. If that's how you heal, by all means, live your best life. But like, <laughs> yeah. there are all these kinds of things that we can do to numb the pain as opposed to actually feel yeah. it. And, you know, those if you just end up delaying those feelings if you don't deal with them immediately. Yeah. So as you said, you've got to go through the process of the hurt, the grief yeah. to get to the healing. Sometimes it does feel as well that like you're boring your friends like oh, ears yeah. off, especially if they're in like a good place with their relationship. Oh, yeah. What I found is solace within friends that are going through the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Like weirdly by chance, luckily like a few, like a couple of my friends have been going through a very similar experience at exactly the same time. So I've really had those people to talk to. But when you don't, that that's where journaling is so useful. Like when you said that, my eyes lit up because I was just like, that's one of the key things that helped me with my with my breakup and my heartbreak healing was just like, just getting all the thoughts out and also just like recording voice notes to myself. Oh, I love that. That's such like vocal journaling. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm a podcast as well. Oh yes, of course. I <laughs> love my voice too much. Love it. No, but also like, I think it's really good because... You know, your journal isn't judgmental. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, I mean, we hope that our friends aren't judgmental as well, but yeah. you could write something just completely bananas. Like, I bet my ex is having the best orgy of his life right now. And your journal <laughs> isn't going to go, honey, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's just it's just somewhere to get all of that stuff mm-hmm. out of there. And our friends have our best interests. They at really heart, do. Exactly. But sometimes they say things that are detrimental to Yeah, and you're not ready healing. to hear yet. Exactly. You know, like there was, I remember I just had this panic, like I think maybe three weeks after the breakup. And I said to my friend, oh, I think he slept with somebody already. And she was like, Yeah, he might have. And I was like, But she made a really good point in that his his stuff is not my problem anymore. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's sad, but it was right. And it was just one of those reminders of, you know, you have to concentrate on yourself during this time. Yeah. And it's not selfish to do so. Yeah. Well, let's go away from all the breakup stuff and start thinking about new beginnings. Quite. So you mentioned earlier the dating apps thing. (laughs) So how's that been? Like having not ever done dating apps I can't even imagine no, it's I, what, yeah. I literally I feel like I've done them since the beginning so like I was on like OkCupid oh, like well, on, yeah. on the actual computer like they weren't on phones yet oh my gosh and like you know I've done all 
with them. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, well, Field is like my best friend. I, I love Field. Love Field. <laughs> Field is the best. It is just so like it has so much sauce. It is saucy. I feel like mm-hmm. I'm meeting lots of like like-minded people there. That's how I feel about uh, it. It's great. And interestingly, that was the first app I chose. That is, which I feel like was throwing myself in the deep end a bit. Bold. Maybe. <laughs> But I was just kind of like, I think at that time, because again, it was like, after 11 years, do I want a relationship? I want to find out what I want, like what I need, what I'm interested in. Field is the best place for that because it's all about exploration. Exactly. And Mm -hmm. that's exactly what I needed to do at that time. You know, I wasn't interested in like, what's your favorite color? It was more like, (laughs) do I like being choked as much as I think I do? You know, like that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. And it was so much fun. And I recently ended up going to Club Verboten for the first time as well, which was like, I low-key mark my life as like, Pre and post breakup, but also pre and post Club Verboten. It like opened up so much for me. I had the most fun. Wow. I'm still yet to pop my sex party cherry. Oh my well, God, you gotta go. In like a I, hedonism Jamaica, I feel, didn't count for me because I wasn't in a open situation. Oh, so I, I couldn't see. play you with couldn't anyone. Even, right. Oh, yeah, because that looked amazing. I remember. Yeah. God. Yeah. Um, but no, it was because it was interesting because again, like my ex at that point was the only person I'd slept with. Yeah. So. I knew what I liked, but I hadn't asked myself more questions about how that would be with other people. Right. And, you know, like I always kind of figured that I was more of a sub, but then I found out that I was more of a switch and I was having a lot of fun, like degrading dudes. And I was like, wow. well, this is fantastic. Telling people that they're <laughs> shit. Uh, <laughs> felt like payback for the patriarchy. Um, yeah, yeah. And like, it was, you know, realizing just, I mean, I always knew I loved sex, but then I was like, oh no, I love sex. Like, I love talking about sex. I love having sex. Like My people's. It was great, exactly. <laughs> like, and it just, it was so much fun because I could explore it without going like, oh, but where is this going to go? What does it mean? You know, like just mm-hmm. having fun for fun's sake yeah. and exploring for exploring's sake was like also deeply transformational. How was the first date that you went on? Oh yeah, God, the first date I went on like it was really interesting because like technically we didn't have a lot in common but like he was very gentlemanly he was a very good first first date okay um that he was very gentlemanly he you know he paid for everything Uh like um he hadn't eaten yet but i'd already eaten and he was like oh i'm gonna get some food and he like ordered me extra chips and we like shared a brownie for dessert like we kissed in the rain it was like very very cute i know but then like the more i kind of thought about it i was like okay, well, this is what it could be like. Yeah. And like with each date I ended up going on, I kind of, I didn't realise how much agency I had in being able to choose. Because especially with the history that I had in terms of low self-esteem, low body confidence and everything, at the time I was like getting into relationships, I was just thinking, wow, I'm just so lucky that someone's mildly interested in me. It didn't occur to me that I could go, actually, I'd like somebody who's more like this or... I like somebody who really likes to spank me or, you know, like all these things that I never considered that I could choose and could find. We're allowed to build a list of things that we want in a relationship. Exactly. How wild is what that? What a concept. <laughs> I literally wrote that down in my journal and I remember reading through it and it's got such silly things in it. Like he has to be able to dance. He also has to like cooking, must like dogs, like, yeah. you know, um, and I just remember looking over it and being like, this is all really reasonable, actually. Yeah. And I think if I'd gone through that exercise, I don't know, when I was a teenager, I'd have been like, no, I'll never find somebody like that. No, that's ridiculous. I don't deserve something. But now I know that <gasps> yeah. I deserve the world. Like, I'm lucky to be dating yeah. as an adult where I've done all of this work and I can enter into these kinds of situations and be like, yeah. well, I know myself and I know that I'm a bad bitch and you're more than lucky. You yeah. are so lucky to be in my space. Yeah. So show yourself rather than me having to feel like I have to fit into their idea of beautiful or cool or whatever. Like mm-hmm. I can take them or leave them in the way they can take me or leave me. Exactly. Do you, do you have any tips for people that are just re-entering into dating? <sighs> oh, that's a good question. Um, it's a tricky one. I mean, dating is, it's hard. I, I would say like sometimes I get very sick of dating and like yeah. the admin. Yeah. It's a lot of admin, a lot of like replying to messages and like, yeah, and you're like, do I like this person? Right? I can't tell. Like, yeah, what? exactly. And you don't know, you like, you may get on with them yeah. and then you meet them and you're like, oh, there's actually something missing here, but thanks anyway. You know, like, yeah. I think some advice that my 
uh, best friend gave me when I was entering into dating mm-hmm. is like, don't swipe on somebody that you think is kind of okay. Yeah. Swipe on people you think are really fucking cute or really hot or like yes. really aligned with your values. Don't, yes. don't settle. You don't have to settle. Like you are a gem. You're that. a diamond. Anyone would be privileged to be with you. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. pick people who come up to your standard rather exactly. than going, oh, well, you know, they're okay, I guess. Uh-huh. No, none of that attitude. No. Go for the cool shit. Yeah, I, I feel like when I go through dating apps and stuff like that, I it's almost like I'm looking for people that I already know, but I don't know them. Yeah. So it's like, like I just, you know, I feel like I know you because, you know, you can kind of, t- I feel like I can kind of tell who I'm actually going to vibe with. Mm. And this is probably really judgmental because I, I base it on like, clothes and like things that they wear and like just the way their photos are no but I think like I wouldn't say that that's judgmental I think inevitably in dating apps and stuff there is an element of like quick fire judgment right yeah but I think there's something to be said about evaluating and assessing what you value Mm. and if one of those things is that they dress in a way that you like that's allowed that's not judgmental for me it says like oh if they're doing this then they're they're creative like we're going to be able to have a conversation about that yeah we must be on the same page because you wear the same kind of trainers (laughs) i do you never know but it kind of makes i know exactly what you mean it does make sense and it's not necessarily about like having an interest in fashion no not always no it's like yeah it's It's a way of expression yeah right Mm -hmm. exactly because i i only want people on my level yeah i i yeah yeah, dating's been a wild one. But you've been... So you've been dating and you've met someone? Yeah. <laughs> and, and you had to like... You know, how did you go from being in an 11-year relationship, then in this new world of dating, and then also having the courage to open yourself back up hmm. and experience something new with someone and want to be like okay where does this go yeah it's it's interesting I think because on my on my field profile I said I just want to fuck around and find out and that's exactly what I did for like yeah, I love that by the way six months yeah it was fantastic and also it was a great conversation <laughs> started because people were like fuck around and find out and I was like really <laughs> <laughs> whether you mean that literally or figuratively is up to you um yeah. and It was like I had to do all of that to understand myself better, to understand what I wanted. Mm -hmm. It also made me see my deal breakers. It made me see the things I really, really value. And it kind of, I remember when I first got together with my ex and people were like, oh, I want a boyfriend. And I was like, it happens when you least expect it. And I was like, wow, I'm sick of my own voice when I say that. That is the most annoying advice you can give anybody. But... And then it happened to me <laughs> again. <laughs> so like, it's yeah. still, you know, it's still like just dating and stuff. But, you know, I found this experience to be, it has taught me so much in such a short period of time. Yeah. And it made me think about the question that you asked about, like, what love is to you Mm -hmm. um, before I arrived. And for me, love is being seen, heard, held and understood with compassion, with kindness and with like sexy fun, you know. And people don't put enough emphasis on the sex side of things as well. And I think like, that's why I love the fact that I can come from the fucks given podcast and now do a podcast about love and relationships and put the two together. Like, you know, I like honestly like believe that sex and intimacy is one of the deepest parts of the connection with people. Absolutely, and it's so overlooked. Yeah, and it's such an important part of like of communication that yes. I think a lot of people don't generally think to have. Like to have a sustainable relationship, you have to have conversations that might be uncomfortable or that yeah. might you know put all your cards on the table and kind of go, you know, see that you are in the same spot. And some of those things are about sex, like. You know, just little things like, because the way my ex and I were, we were learning about sex together, but we Mm -hmm. didn't always talk about it. Whereas like, I was then entering into situations with people where they'd be like, oh, so what do you like? What don't you like? And I was like, that's a really good question. You know, and like discovering that. And those conversations are so important because they bring you together and that does bring you intimacy in a way yeah but then also intimacy I think is not just sex as well it's also like being vulnerable about your feelings and opening up talking about your past talking about 
even yeah. what's going on in your head at that moment yeah. I think all those things are really deeply important this is my new journey is mm. like taking sex and developing intimacy because mm. I think like intimacy is the next level of learning when yeah. it comes to sex and so my next journey is figuring out how to be fully intimate with someone I'm honestly like really intrigued about how like your process to getting into a good place to re-enter into a relationship because I kind of just I've gotten to this point where I'm like I need to be so happy being single mm. that I and I don't want to like ever get to a point where I want to have a relationship because mm. I feel like I need to get to the place where I'm so happy being single that I can fall into a relationship and like then it just sort of changes that way because I and then I feel like then I know myself mm. enough to then give myself into a relationship and to someone else. But I, yeah, so like my journey after my breakup, I, I found myself very, like, at, at the moment and for the last month, I realised how closed I am and, like, mm. how closed my heart is yeah. to people and I'm finding it very hard to connect with people. I have this thing where I we'll go on dates and I'm like oh this person's really nice and like and then suddenly like I've got this fantasy in my head I'm like oh what could this be like thinking about like our future together after like one night and I'm like oh very excited second date so like oh it's all gone Mm. and the connection just didn't like like stay it was like this kind of like adrenaline of like excitement and then suddenly the reality crashing down that I'm not actually in a place where I'm open to people yeah so yeah how did you kind of get to a point where you felt like you know I've met this person and I'm open to seeing where this goes or like I'm open to this connection or you you allowed yourself to go into this connection yeah all of that is so interesting I think as well because <laughs> like it I fell into that as well like I go yeah. on one date with somebody and be like this is it I found him and then like yeah. it was almost like the universe was testing me and being like not yet babe like uh-huh. yeah. stop idealizing it like it's okay like and I think also it's okay to not be ready I think we can sometimes push ourselves especially if I mean, not for every, you know, breakup, but there can be an element of comparison yeah. of like, oh, well, if my ex has got together with somebody new, I better go find somebody new and yeah. da, 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 you know, like, my, and that's really natural. My first sort of um, experience with dating after the breakup was definitely fired by, is that the word? Yeah. Anyway, like, yeah, kindled by the fear that my ex was going to start dating someone yeah. before I did. And I was like, well, I want to be happy first. Yeah, I want to be the winner. <laughs> I want to win the breakup. <laughs> yeah. But you know, like winning yeah. the breakup isn't getting with somebody new. Winning the breakup is your own journey and you flourishing. Yes, you know? exactly. And, and that doesn't mean that you need to be in another relationship. No. It means you can be flourishing and single. In fact, it's the best place to flourish. Literally, I feel like I am not the same person that I was a year ago, let alone eight months ago, however long it was that we broke up. Like I have transformed in such a deep way because I let myself be messy. I let myself have all these chaotic feelings. I let myself just be chaotic in general. Yeah. You know, I went through the process of falling in love with my life again as a single person. Yeah. And that meant spending more time with my friends, spending more time with my family, like doing the work that I love, like going on shoots again after lockdowns and studying coaching so that I can launch my business, you know, like just channeling all the energy that I was channeling into my ex, into myself. Yeah. And that can feel really, um, what's the word? Not contradictory to do, but it can feel almost selfish to do. Yes. Because you're like, you're waiting for another half to complete you, but you were already complete. Oh, yeah. You know? So important. I hate that saying that like, oh, my other half, you know? Yeah, literally all of that stuff. It's always in a northern accent. Yeah, so far is it. The old Berling chain. Um, (laughs) If you don't like your partner, why are you with them? I found them and he completed me. Yeah, right? No, honey. No. And that's, I think, the problem that a lot of people go into dating with is that I need somebody to 
complete me, but you need to create yes. a full life. Yes. So that when somebody comes along, they compliment your life rather than take it up. Yeah. You know, because I think as well, like with my past relationship, I, because of, again, like self-esteem issues, low self-worth, all that kind of thing, I did so much to adapt around somebody else. Yeah. And I didn't realize how much I was doing it until I left. And I was like, there's all this energy and all this mental space that I was using not for me that I now have for me. And how do I use that? How do I, yeah. you know, do the best with that? And so I think part of getting to a place where you can be open to stuff again mm. is almost weirdly learning how to just be without it yeah like which sounds like the complete opposite of what you want to do but create a full life and the right person will come into it yeah I think. do you feel like um the moments or like the month or so before you like found your new relationship that you were you still missing your past relationship were you mess- missing your ex like did you no. ever have any thoughts about it no not at all I mean like I mean it's still very early days with the person I'm seeing you know I yeah. don't even know if we could call it a relationship yet but you know but being being open to a connection yeah for sure anyway. yeah, yeah 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 uh no I didn't miss him at all you know I miss him as a friend yeah. you know but um but that's inevitable when you spend the best part of a decade with yeah. somebody you know so you fully you fully let go you yeah. fully let go I had did to it, did it take like a long time to fully let go well I think So because we had, um, or we still do have like friends in common that just quite closely after we broke up, we ended up at same social situations. Right, yeah. And I kept finding that like, I'd leave the social situation in tears. And I was like, but we got on well, we had a nice time. Like we, there's no bad blood between us. So why do I feel this way? And I just had to take that initiative to be like, I can't keep going back to these parties. I can't keep doing this. Yeah. Because it's just like, it's like, picking a scab you Mm -hmm. know so I had to really I don't know whether it was consciously or subconsciously just like not cut it off you know but I think we both decided without kind of saying anything that it was kind of best that we just gave each other a lot of space and you know we texted each other on each other's birthdays and stuff we're still very you know we're on good terms um but no I think to this was the thing so one of the best people I ended up following in the process of my breakup was somebody called the breakup bestie on Instagram her name is I think her name is Kendra Allen and she posts she was so helpful throughout the process and one of the things she kept saying is go no contact and I was like I can't go no contact I want to send him memes about frogs you know like and the thing is as soon as I went no contact that's when the healing started yeah because it wasn't like you know, one step forward, two steps back, because I was still wondering, oh, is he going to text me? Oh, whatever. Yeah. I just got to concentrate on myself as soon as I went no contact. So it meant that I spent all that time discovering, exploring everything, actually concentrating on myself rather than mm-hmm. like pretending to concentrate on myself. Yeah. And that I, made the biggest difference. I did the same thing after mm. the breakup. Um, I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about like going into a silence container and I was like, oh, container, that feels safe. Yeah. Mm, <laughs> lovely. <laughs> so yeah, I was just like, you know what, I'm, we, we're going to cut, cut it off and we're going to give ourselves like this time period. And um, it, it we w- we said three months to start off with yeah and then i got to two months and i realized that there was still something i wasn't letting go of and i was How still kind of like you know what like maybe when i get back we could see where we're both at and like see if it <laughs> you know manifests back into some kind of relationship mm-hmm. and um i couldn't get these thoughts out of my head that like he was my person yeah and um, I had this near death experience with like oh an God. almost bad car accident. Oh gosh, where, like, I remember this. Yeah, this truck came into to the car, and um, after that moment, I was just like, "Yeah, I need to reach out. I'm gonna reach out because I've been thinking about him a lot, and I just needed to, you know, I needed to get something else from him, and." Yeah, so I feel I honestly do feel like you need to work with what your mind's saying because I think at that point, if I had like then gone another month without contact, I would have still been in the place where I hadn't properly have let go because I needed to have another conversation with him to be like, oh shit, I've grown past that now Mm. and I don't want to go back into that situation, even though I still love him. 
Yeah, that's the thing. And I guess like, that's why it's so important to always check in with yourself, isn't yeah. it? Because one person's journey is never going to be the same as yours. Like yeah. breakups, relationships, love, all this stuff is like, hate to be so cliche, but it is like snowflakes. They're so unique. Yeah. And the most important thing is listening to yourself and be like, okay, well, if I feel like I need to speak to them, then maybe mm. that is what I need to do, especially after something like that, where, yeah. you know, your worldview was kind of shifted for a real quick second and being like, oh, I could have not made it out of here. What would I have wanted to do? Yes, yes, you exactly. Know? So it's good to listen to your heart. I think, yeah, at the end of the day, with all breakups, you really need to listen to yourself. And if, yeah. like, but there's there's a difference between the voice that's like, oh, I really want to text him. Yeah. And like, I really need to talk to him. And that kind of like, it's almost like that carnal kind of desire yeah. to reach out. And mm. it's the one that you're like, I know that this would be bad for me yeah. if I do reach out to him. Mm. So if you have that desire and your brain's also telling you this will be bad for you, listen to that well, voice. Yeah, yeah. That's the sensible one. That's the one yeah. that wants the best for you. Exactly. Yeah. And it's because it is ultimately, you know, if we look at like attachment theory and that kind of mm. thing, you get attached to your partner. And your brain is yeah. catching up with the fact that you are no longer attached. Yeah. So those thoughts aren't irrational. They're mm -hmm. just your brain catching up with what's going on, you know? Yeah. I think, I don't know if you found this as well, but I remember my ex kept popping into my dreams and I was like, why every, are you here? <laughs> every single night yeah. for so long after the breakup, I was dreaming about him every night. Yeah. And that's our brains also trying to catch up with the fact that they're not there anymore. Yeah. Which is like fascinating yeah. and weird and also deeply annoying because you wake Very up and you're like annoying. oh yeah you know it's really sad when you wake up from that yeah but um i mean love is a drug it's exactly. like it gives us the same chemicals as drugs give us yeah. so like at the same time you're also on a massive come, come down. down exactly and you're addicted to it yeah so you're not getting that serotonin and dopamine mm -mm. anymore so, so you're like your body's like being like you know no no like text him yeah just you oh. you'll get like a flash of that uh, yeah. feeling again i really want you to get that flash no, of that it's feeling delicious again. remember <laughs> <laughs> so yeah you do have to listen to the voice that's like no this is bad Don't but mm. if you have that desire a deep deep knowing desire that there's a conversation or a question that needs to be answered and there isn't that voice there there's a voice sort of encouraging you to like figure stuff out to find what the next step is, then I would say that's safe to like follow that, that one. For sure. And whilst also keeping in mind that if the, if the outcome isn't what you hoped it would be, that doesn't mean that you weren't good enough. It doesn't mean that you were lacking. It doesn't mean that you're the worst. It yeah. just means that that wasn't right yeah. for you at that time. It wasn't right for your ex at that time. And that's mm -hmm. okay. You know, I think it's it can be really easy to fall into these patterns of like, well, they're the bad guy and I'm the good guy and I'm the hero of the story. But really mm -hmm. we're all people just trying to get on with it and do our best. I mean, and like obviously in situations where someone has been abusive or whatever, it's a completely different yeah. conversation. But, you know, it's good to hold space for... The fact that there doesn't need to be good or bad or... Exactly. You know, it's just... I think there was a really interesting thing, because um, I follow a lot of, like, relationship counsellors and therapists yeah. and stuff on Instagram as well, and somebody said in terms of conflict or breakups, it's not you versus them, it's you two versus the situation. Yeah. And once you have that reframe of, okay, well, this is just how it is and we're doing our best together, mm -hmm. that's yeah. kind of a better way to come into it rather than, like, oh, well... yeah. You know, because it can get messy. Yeah, As we all know, breakups can be messy. They can be. Um, and we just need to remember to communicate through them. Quite, yeah. Like, always say how you feel. I think it's very, very important. Unless and that's how you develop intimacy. Yeah. Yes. Very, very true. I was going to say, unless you're really mean. Don't <laughs> yeah, true that. that. Don't be mean. <laughs> I feel like that's like being a human being 101. But some people just didn't attend that lesson. So Very true. <laughs> well, this conversation has been amazing thank you so I've much for having me every second of it where can people find you um so you can find me on instagram uh for my modeling and body acceptance joy at at kitty underhill x and that's my name with a kiss on the end yeah. uh for coaching i'm now accepting clients so you can find <gasps> me at embodying.u on instagram amazing um, very excited oh that. that is really really exciting i hope that people can find you there thank you thank you
Wow. Well, that was the glorious Kitty Underhill. So thank you so much, Kitty, for joining us on Love High. I think that we got some really, really good tips and advice there for dealing with the time period after a breakup and what it kind of feels like, what the process is when it comes to leaving such a long-term relationship, because that is big. You know, it is really big and it's something that a lot of us go through. So I hope that Kitty's advice has really been there for you in this moment. And obviously, I would like to remind you of the Patreon. I would love if you join the community over there, the Love High community. So it's at www.patreon.com slash love high. And that's where you'll find us. And it's just one pound a month. And that means that you are part of the Discord. I'm also uploading information about episodes that are coming up next and asking people questions on what they want to hear about on future episodes of the Love High podcast. So it really is about you joining into the conversation, joining me on this journey, because this is our journey everyone this is our journey so thank you so much for being here and I would just like to ask you to give this podcast a rating and a review obviously it really really helps get it into more ears if this has been helping you please please pass it on to a friend family member anyone that's kind of in a space where they want to be exploring themselves in terms of love and relationships Um, I would really appreciate that. Word of mouth goes a long way, a long way. And obviously we're at the baby podcast stage. So it'd be really great to like move this up in the world. And I just want more people to hear it. And yeah, and more people to join our journey and our community here. So thank you, my loves, for joining me again this week. And if you want to hear more from me during the week, just follow me on my Instagram at Florence Bark. I literally just post like everything, everyday shit. And then also some, you know, bits of knowledge and advice and things that I think might be useful for you all. But anyway, find me over on Instagram. And until then, see you next Monday. Bye, my love. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.